had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my God. I will arise and go forth to the house of my Father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my Yah, house of my Yah. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom, I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Elijah Message and Ministry. This is part one of the series. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 3, Yeshua was asked, What is the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? For those of us who have open eyes and are knowledgeable of Bible prophecy, we know that we are living in the end of days, for these signs are all around us. The way in which the world is structured by the God of Israel is in accordance to his relationship with the nation of Israel. Presently, the nation of Israel is in exile. While the nation of Israel is in exile, for breaking the commandments of the God of Israel, the nations of the world rule over them. What is the transition point when we have the fall of the nations ruling over the nation of Israel and the nation of Israel being restored? We commonly call that period of time the tribulation period. And the trigger event that happens in the tribulation period is when the land of Israel gets divided, Joel in chapter 3 and verse 2, which happens in a period of time that the Bible calls the day of the Lord, Joel chapter 1 verse 15 and Joel chapter 2 and verse 1. Also, the city of Jerusalem is divided, Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 2, and this also happens in the day of the Lord, Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 1. What is the fulfillment of this prophecy? It is through what I believe the creation of a PLO state. That is one of the major signs of the end of days and the coming of the Messiah. One of the others is the Elijah message and the ministry of Elijah. What is the Elijah message? What is his ministry? And what does he have to say in the end of days before the second coming of the Messiah? The Elijah message is mentioned in Malachi in chapter 4 and verses 4 and 5 as it is written. Remember ye the Torah of Moses, my servant. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet. The message of Elijah in the end of days is to remember the Torah of Moses. The ministry of Elijah is a ministry of restoration. In Matthew chapter 17 and verses 10 and 11, 
Yeshua was asked by his disciples, why is it taught by the scribes or the rabbis that Elijah must first come or precede the coming of the Messiah? And Yeshua answered and said unto them, Elijah truly shall first come. He will come, talking about in the future. And what he is going to do is restore all things. Restoration is something that is brought about when the original thing, something has happened to it. And then you try to bring it back to how it originally was. What is that restoration that Elijah is going to come and preach and proclaim? It is a restoration in following Torah. In Isaiah chapter 42, in verses 21 and 22, it is written, The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will magnify the Torah and make it honorable. But this is a people robbed and spoiled. Robbed of what? robbed of the blessings of the God of Israel because they're not following Torah. They are all of them snared in holes. Blessings do not come. The nation of Israel is exiled in the nations and they are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey, that is for the enemies of the nation of Israel, and none delivers for a spoil and none says restore. It's interesting to note that in traditional Christianity, it is said mainly through how the book of Galatians is commonly interpreted by traditional Christianity that if you follow the Torah, that you put yourself in bondage. Here in Isaiah chapter 42, verses 21 and 22, we are told that the nation of Israel is in bondage or a prison house because they're not following the Torah. We can see how the Elijah message is a message of restoration under Torah or the path that the God of Israel wants his people to follow. In Isaiah chapter 58, verse 12, And they that shall be of you shall build up the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repair of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. What is that path that we are to dwell in or to live our lives? The Torah is the right path. Psalm 119, verse 34, it is written, Give me understanding and I shall keep your Torah. Psalm 119, verse 35, Make me go in the path of your commandments. Psalm 119, verse 105, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So the path we are to follow which is our light, is the word of God or his commandments or following Torah. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 23. For the commandment is a lamp and the Torah is light. We are to walk in the path of Torah. Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 3. And many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us his ways. We will walk in his paths. What is walking in the paths of the Messiah? For out of Zion shall go forth the Torah and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. 
In Malachi chapter 4, in verses 4 and 5, we are told in verse 5, when Elijah is proclaiming his message to remember the Torah, that Elijah is a prophet. A biblical prophet shows the people of the God of Israel how they have departed from Torah. One is not a biblical prophet because they're able to tell you when the next tornado or hurricane is going to hit in a particular area. That may be insight into events, but that isn't the biblical definition of a prophet. What a biblical prophet does is show the people of the God of Israel where and how they're not following the Torah or the commandments of the God of Israel. We can see this from 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 13, as it is written. Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all the prophets saying, he testified by all the prophets saying, turn you from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the Torah, which I commanded your fathers, which I sent to you by my servant, the prophets. We can also see from Zechariah chapter 7 and verses 11 and 12 how a biblical prophet shows the people of the God of Israel how they have departed from Torah as it is written. But they refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. Yea, they made their hearts as adamant stone, which means they had a stony heart, lest they should hear the Torah in the words which the Lord of hosts has sent in his spirit by the former prophets, lest they should hear the Torah, which the Lord of hosts has sent in his spirit by the former prophets. So the message of a prophet is that you need to follow Torah. That's why Elijah is called a prophet in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5. The message of Elijah is also found in Isaiah chapter 40. In verse 3, it is written, A voice of him that cries in the wilderness. Notice when Elijah comes and his message is proclaimed, it is not in the mainstream. It is a voice crying in the wilderness. And this voice says, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. What is the way of the Lord? Torah is the way of the God of Israel. Psalm 119 in verse 1. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the Torah of the Lord. We can also see how Torah is the way of the God of Israel in Isaiah in chapter 2 in verse 3 which speaks about messianic times when Yeshua is teaching the Torah to all nations from Jerusalem after he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives. And many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the Torah in the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He's got to teach us his ways, and we're going to walk in that path. And it is, out of Zion shall go forth the Torah, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Now let's look at Elijah and in his message and see how it is related 
to the end of days. In 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah approaches King Ahab, the king of Israel at the time, and he communicates to him, being a prophet, that he has departed from Torah. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1 and verses 17 and 18, it is written, It came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show yourself unto Ahab. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Are you he that troubles Israel? And Elijah answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house. You've troubled Israel. How or why? In that you've forsaken the commandments or the Torah of the Lord. So Elijah points out to Ahab that in forsaking the commandments that he is worshiping Baal. 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 17 and 18. Ahab once again asks Elijah, Are you he that troubles Israel? Elijah says, I have not troubled Israel, but it's you and your father's house, and you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and followed Balaam. Now, let's understand what the nation of Israel was doing. Because in Growing up in traditional Christianity and reading the scriptures, I wrote in my mind that the nation of Israel were not at all worshiping and acknowledging the God of Israel, but they were doing something completely separate, a completely separate religion, and the God of Israel wasn't even in their thoughts and their prayers and in their mindset. But I'm going to show you that that was not the case. I'm going to show you that what the nation of Israel was doing, they were believing in and following and seeking to practice the ways of the God of Israel, but they had brought in mixed worship or Baal worship in doing so. And that's what Elijah came to proclaim is to show, no, you've brought in this mixed worship and you're not doing it the way the God of Israel instructed you to do. Let's see this from 2 Kings in chapter 17. The setting here is that the Assyrians had come and they had taken captive the northern kingdom. And they had taken the priests of and the spiritual leaders of the northern kingdom to Assyria, but things weren't going well in the land. And so it was asked, why aren't things going well? And it was said it's because the land is reacting this way because the teaching and the instruction of the God of Israel is no longer happening in the land. That's the background of 2 Kings chapter 17, verses 27 and 28, as it is written. Then the king of Assyria commanded, saying, Carry thither one of the priests whom you brought from there, and let them go and dwell, and let him teach them the manner of the God of the land. Then one of the priests whom they had carried away from Samaria came and dwelt in Bethel and taught them how they should fear the Lord. Now, is fearing the Lord a good thing? Yes, because in the book of Proverbs, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, in 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 32, it says, so they feared the Lord. And then the next verse, verse 33 says, they feared the Lord. I'd like to reiterate to you that that's good. That's positive. But let's look at the context of how they feared the Lord. Second Kings 17 verse 32. So they feared the Lord 
and made unto themselves of the lowest of them priests of the high places, which sacrificed for them in the houses of the high places. They feared the Lord, and they sacrificed at the high places. Next verse, they feared the Lord and served their own gods. They feared the Lord and served their own gods. What type of gods are they following? After the manner of the nations whom they carried away from there. They're fearing the Lord, but they're following after the culture and the ways of the people around them. Now, in 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 34, after stating in the two previous verses that they feared the Lord, this verse says, unto this day they do after the former manners, they fear not the Lord. Did you catch that? In 2 Kings chapter 17, verses 32 and 33, it says about the people that they feared the Lord. And then verse 34 says, they feared not the Lord. So did they fear the Lord or did they not fear the Lord? The answer is yes. They did fear the Lord in their hearts, but they didn't fear the Lord according to how he said, you're to worship me. So it says they fear not the Lord, neither do they after their statutes or after their ordinances or after the Torah. Now let's give this a modern application. Are there those who go to Sunday church that love the Lord, that want to follow him, that want to be pleasing in his sight? Yes, there are. There's a great many who are in Sunday church that love the Lord, that want to serve him, that want to do his will. Are they seeking to do it according to the Torah given at Mount Sinai? No. So how does the Bible view that? The Bible would say they fear the Lord, but they're doing it after their own way. And they're not fearing the Lord according to the commandments he gave at Mount Sinai. The Lord here is who? Yeshua, the Messiah. So let's look at the pattern. Second Kings chapter 17, verses 32 and 33, it says they feared the Lord and served their own gods. Then verse 34 says they didn't fear the Lord by following his commandments. And then the chapter ends in Second Kings chapter 17, verse 41, by saying these words. So these nations feared the Lord and served their graven images. That is the problem that Elijah comes to confront. He comes and says, look, you are not worshiping the God of Israel the way he instructed you to do. Now, you know your Bible well enough to know that when the prophets came to the nation of Israel, they weren't well received. Do you know why? It's because they were viewed as being elitist. They're the spiritually righteous ones. You know, who are you to say that I'm not following after the God of Israel? I love the God of Israel. I go to church every Sunday. I'm seeking to do what's right. You know, I pray. I read my Bible. Who are you to come to tell me that I'm not doing it the way that God wants me to do? That's the reason why the prophet message and the message of Elijah is challenged to be received. But this is the issue that Elijah and his message and his ministry confronts in the end of days. His message, Malachi chapter 4 verses 4 and 5, remember the Torah of Moses. Let's look how Israel worshipped the God of Israel. It was through what the Bible calls mixed worship. They feared the God of Israel and served their own gods, which in essence is the mixed worship, doing things that the God of Israel said, but mixing it with the customs and the ways and the practices of the people around them. And they did not fear Yahweh by following his Torah. Now let's look what are some of the characteristics of Baal worship because the nation of Israel was involved in Baal worship. Baal worship comes about when you don't follow Torah 
And in not doing so, the Bible says that you're following idolatry. 2 Kings chapter 17, verses 15 and 16. They rejected his statutes and his covenant that he made with their fathers. They left all the commandments of the Lord their God and made them molten images and served Baal. You see what they did? They left his commandments, his Torah, and they served Baal. Baal worship was done in the temple of the God of Israel. 2 Kings chapter 22, in verses 3 and 4, it is written. It came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah, he's a king of Judah, that the king commanded Hilkiah, the high priest, and the priests of the second order, and the keepers of the door, to bring forth out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels that were made for Baal. Now I want you to think about this for a minute. Was it that just Baal worship and Baal worship alone that was done in the temple? You believe there was no prayer done under the God of Israel and there was nothing done in the temple that was in part what he had commanded do? You know that there were things done in that temple that the God of Israel commanded be done, but they had brought in other things that were associated with Baal. That was the problem. And this Baal worship involved setting up of sacred trees in the temple of the God of Israel. 2 Kings chapter 23 verse 4, And the king commanded Hilkiah the high priest and the priests of the second order and the keepers of the door to bring forth out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels that were made for Baal and for the grove. The word grove is the Strong's number 842. It's the Hebrew word Asherah and an Asherah was something that was a part of the Canaanite worship system and it was a sacred tree that was set up near an altar. Baal worship also involved worshiping Ashtardi or Ishtar, which has been anglicized into Easter. Judges chapter 2 verses 11 and 13. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and they served Baalim. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtoreth. Ashtoreth is the Strong's number 6252, which is the Hebrew word Ashtoreth. And this was a Canaanite goddess that was related to sex and fertility. Now in going to traditional Christian church when it was Christmas season, you know where I saw in the the, the church that I grew up in where they put the Christmas tree at? Right by the altar. And that's exactly what the children of Israel did. They set up the Asherah or the grove in the temple of the Lord. And this custom that the children of Israel did in serving Baal and Ashtoreth, the goddess of sex and fertility, that custom has been incorporated in various cultures and it's from these customs where we have the Easter bunny, the Easter egg, and the fertility that is associated with the celebration of the spring of the year. Now, Baal worship also involved sun worship. 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 3 and verse 5. It came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah that he put down the idolatrous priests, them also that burned burned incense unto Baal to the sun and to all the host of heaven. I have here for you in this slide. Well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, the Elijah message and ministry. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.
Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.